You may, perhaps younger members of the congregation, uh, you may just want to have to uh, kind of help you to concentrate on what's going on a little bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take your eye completely off what's going on at the front, because it may be, I don't know, it may be in your interest. But um, if you feel that you'd like something to go alongside your engaging with the talk, then there are some uh, quiz sheets and colouring sheets, and the sort of table is available at the back. And again, just feel free at any time if you need to get up and, and uh, use that resource at the back, and Carrie will be there at the back. Um, I've, got a, I've got a beaker here with um, the letter 5 on it, the number 5 on it, and uh, inside there are five chocolate buttons. Is anyone interested? Great, Tom, come on in. We welcome children of all ages and sizes. Well done, Tom. Can, now, can I trust you not to eat these? Can you store them? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's doubtful, isn't it? Well done, Tom. And um, there's a beaker with six. Well, I, I might hold on to that for just a, a little while. So that's there. Okay, just a few minutes here to think about this um, story that Jesus has told. He's told this story because he basically wants to get at the question, where is your security? Where do you place your trust? In, In what, ultimately, do you put your hope? That's just for a moment or two, thinking about that. I don't know if that's a question you've addressed to yourself Recently, when all is said and done, you look over your life, maybe the contents of your house or the contents of your filing cabinet or, or what's in your diary. Uh, when you think of your plans or your hopes or your dreams, what ultimately undergirds all of them? What are you really placing your trust and hope in? What am I placing my trust and hope in? Is it the things that I possess and can hold on to and quantify and evaluate? For me, is it the success of ministering in this church, the numbers of people that I can count and measure? Or is it for us the car that we drive or the house that we live in or the holidays that we go on or the people that we know? All of these things we can quantify and measure just as... These two people who came, or this one person who came to Jesus, could measure out and quantify land. And that gave him a certain amount of significance and importance. Is it, I wonder, the number of chocolate buttons that you have in your possession right now? Jesus didn't come to bring possessions to people. Jesus came to bring people to God. you notice in the story that he tells if you've got it open, page 986 it's just a little detail but I think it's significant Jesus tells this story of a rich farmer or a rich fool we might say but do you notice how Jesus tells it in verse 16 he says the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest, in other words the rich man didn't have anything to do with the abundant harvest that he had the growth and the harvest and the crop came about, well, I want to say, because of the goodness of God in creating the land in the first place and sending the sun and the rain and so on to water the crops. It was a gift to him. And yet look at his response in verse 17. What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Suddenly, do you notice how the farmer has become quite possessive of something that he didn't generate, he didn't grow, 
It was something given to him to steward. I know what I do, he'll say. I will tear down my barns, do you notice, and build bigger ones, and I will store my surplus grain. It's all about his possession. And in a sense, Jesus, through this story, is wanting to say to us, I think, that when we secure ourselves in terms of what we can tangibly hold on to and measure, our hearts harden towards God and his riches. Would anyone like a beaker with six chocolate buttons in? Yeah, come on, Sam, I need you with discerning that. Here you are. Can you hold on to that? Just store it. It's a little gift. There we are. You can have that. Hold on to that. Store it away. Jesus wants to say that there's a perspective to all of this. There's going to be a day of reckoning. Six beakers with quantities of chocolate button and in my pocket a dice. And I'm going to roll the die and a number will show up. And whichever number shows up will win the chocolate. So you see, you don't want to rely on the things you've got in your hand. You want to rely on my goodness. Because even if I roll the die, I might decide actually to give the chocolate to someone else. It's my chocolate. And it's mine to give away. A day of reckoning will come. It's quite strong language. You fool. Um, It it would translate in today's language as, as slightly stronger and ruder than that. You fool. Did you hear in the news today? It's a tragedy. There was a guy, really fit, I guess, healthy. He'd been training a lot. And he took part in this race over Snowdonia, this mountain marathon. And the mist came down and he got lost because he couldn't see where he was going as part of this marathon and he strayed off the path and he slipped and he fell and he's dead. His family weren't expecting that. He wasn't expecting that. No one was expecting that. He was fit and healthy. He had the whole of his life ahead of him. Suddenly, who knows? I don't wish it on any of us, but I might walk out of this building today, cross the road without looking, and that could be the end of my life. (laughs) It's not my life. It's the life that God gives us. And therefore, Jesus says... Invest, take note, prioritize your lives around him who gives you everything. The farmer thought that he knew how long his life was going to be. He's got several years yet, so he can invest in uh, his crops, he alleges. He can secure himself in his possessions. They're mine. I'm okay. I'm all right, Jack. I'll just accumulate more and more. And Jesus tells this story to say, don't be rich in the things you've got to measure and quantify. Be rich in your trust and dependence on God. Dice time. What number were you, Tom? Five. Who else have we got? Is it Lara? And I don't know, who, what's your name? Leah, Keely, Keely. Could you have the chocolate bar? I'm afraid you didn't put your hand up for the, for the cup, my boy. It's a tough life, isn't it? Next time, eh? Next time, we've got Sam and Naomi at the back there, haven't we? Okay. I'm going to roll it along the floor. I need someone to help me. Can someone call out what the number is? 
Who's good with numbers? Yeah, no, Lara, I think you've got a vested interest. I'm not going to ask you. you could, are you good with numbers? You couldn't just come and stand on the side here, could you? And when it, when it rolls down, just let me know what the number is. Okay, shout it out really big and loud. Here it comes. Two. Two. It's no, yes. Come on. Up you come. Up you come. Now, actually, no, yeah, yeah. Genuine chocolate, all yours. Well done, Naomi. Bless her, she's been waiting long and trusting, I hope, not in her little chocolate buttons, but in the goodness of the person uh, as I represent it. God, in his goodness, who gives us so much more than ever we could grasp onto. A whole bar of chocolate compared to two measly chocolate buttons. Don't trust in the things you have and hold on to. Trust in the Lord who gives everything. That's where our source and our security should be. So when these guys come up to Jesus and say, oh, what about my inheritance? What about my inheritance? What about my land? Jesus says, you're completely missing the point. Trust in me and my provision and my love and my faithfulness. And as we've been learning in the Lord's Prayer, all these other things will be added to you as well. Which is cue for me to say that if you've got some chocolate buttons, you can either eat them or give them to someone else if you'd like to. But you can do that now. Amen. We're going to sing our final hymn. I'm going to ask the... uh